Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like him. It's great to see you guys here today. Hey, while you're applauding this, welcome in our Sherwood campus. Let's give them a big round of applause down there. So it's a good time. Um, as Tracy was saying too, um, we had an amazing day here yesterday. I think we had like 90 cars and like, I heard we have 500 people on campus. I know that we gave out 300 plus uh, barbecue. And one of the things that was neat was when I was like, get, come, come get ready for work this morning. I got up about 4.30 and I got online and I was just checking my emails and all that kind of stuff. And how many people have that Nextdoor app that is like, usually it's mostly negative stuff, right? And I, I've tried to get off it a couple of times, but this morning, the Nextdoor app from our area was blowing up because of the people in our community saying how much fun it was to come across the street or come down the road and look at all these cool cars. When we talk about reaching our community, we want to be endearing to our community. That's what we want to do. We want to reach them for Jesus using every way possible, short of sin. Somebody say amen to that, right? Short of sin. So if you're new to Journey, we are in a series now. We're in week three. The series is called Choose Wisely, and we're literally looking at just the book of Proverbs, uh, taking Proverbs out and extracting those and seeing the truths. And we, we understand that the, the writer of the book of Proverbs was Solomon. Uh, Solomon was considered one of the smartest people that walked the planet. Uh, when it was asked by God, now think about this, I, I kind of posed this question week one. If you were asked by God that you can have anything, what would you say that you would, you know, you, what would you want? What would your response be? Would it be maybe more money or, you know, would it be a bigger house? Would it be a new boat? Whatever it is. So God's asking Solomon this question, and Solomon's response is kind of, it's, it's a little bit breathtaking, to be honest with you, because in the world that I live in, I don't know that this would be my answer. He says, I would like wisdom. Wisdom. And God says, because that was your answer, I'm going to give you knowledge, wisdom, and I'm going to give you all the other things, too. I'm going to give you wealth, and I'm going to give you lands, and I'm going to give you all that stuff. And we talked about this in week one. It's really important. There's a huge difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing what to do and wisdom is doing it. We live in a world, we would all agree, I bet, there's, there's lots of people out there that have lots of knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom. We used to call wisdom common sense years ago and it's not so common anymore, is it? And so that's what we've been talking about. And this week we're gonna talk about this concept of trust. And I wanna be honest with you, this has been a very hard topic studying because we don't live in a world that trusts a lot of people. We don't trust our employers. We don't trust uh, the government. We don't trust you know, the other countries that they're gonna play right. We don't trust churches even. There's lots of churches that are falling apart because lack of trust. And, uh, and, 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 and you know this as well as I do, uh, trust uh, comes in trickles and you lose it in, 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 in spouts, like big old, like almost like a fire hydrant. That's how quick you can lose trust if it's not, if it's not taken care of, it's not protected and, 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 and done right. So we're going to talk about this concept of trust. But today I'm not going to talk about trust amongst us. I'm going to talk about can we trust God? Because that's where it all starts. And what can we trust God with? If we determine that we can trust him, what can we trust him with? Now here's it. This is how it started for me. It was a couple of weeks ago. I was riding up the road. And I was realizing all the things that I've put my trust in over the years that sometimes, honestly, I don't know why I put my trust in or, or it's sometimes hard. I was riding up the road and coming the other direction was a car. And, you know, it was two lanes, Washington Road's two lanes up toward where I live. And all of a sudden, the car started drifting over closer and closer and closer. And I got on those little, what do they call those things? Those little drive you nuts, right? I got on those and I... But I trusted that the guy was going to jerk the car back. And eventually he did. It was a moment that, that I had to learn trust. I had to trust that he wasn't coming completely across. 
Some of us in this room, you trust that little gauge when the not enough gas sign comes on, right? You trust it for another, what, three, four, five days that you're going to get back and forth to work, right? Or you trust the, when it says check engine, you think it's a, it's, it's kind of a suggestion, not, not, not like, you know, mandatory. You're just going to, let's wait and play this thing out. Um, I was coming home from Hilton Head. Um, me and my wife went down to Hilton Head for a couple of days. And we were coming back from Hilton Head. And when we got, I, I got to Estel, which is about halfway point. I just went to stop and get a, um, a bottle of water. So I stopped and get a bottle of water. And there's this long line that's kind of kind of weaving through the thing. And I just want to get in and get it out. So I asked one of them, well, what are they waiting for? And, and they was like, they have the best sushi at this gas station. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's no way. I, I barely trust sushi at a restaurant, let alone a gas station, right? I mean, I wouldn't trust it 30 minutes down the road, <laughs> right? Or we trust, a lot of us trust the people at restaurants that, you know, just before you got there that Karen didn't show up and make everybody mad in the place and somebody ruined your food, right? We trust. We trust. Here's one of my big ones. Just be, I'm, I'm late on the line. Carnival rides. <laughs> I, I, I literally, when I go to the fair or whatever, I'm looking down to see how many nuts and bolts are on the ground. And I'm checking the dude how many digits he's got. If he's got less than like, a, you know, like he's got five digits on one hand and three on the other, we're not going on that ride. There's a problem, right? Now, it became real for me, and some of you have heard me share the story before. My oldest daughter um, decided for, I think it was a high school graduation, that she wanted to go parachuting. And so we get um, to, I think we go over to Athens, and we're going to go parachuting. And, I, and if you've heard the story before, my guy is about this tall. I'm, I'm big. Like, I'm big. He's like 140. He comes walking out and he smells like weed. So I'm already a little anxious. Like, I don't know about anybody else in this room. Uh, I have anxiety issues, a little fear. Don't sleep real good because of, you know. So he tells me to put this thing on. And then, of course, I don't know why. He gives me a helmet. Like, what is a helmet going to do? 12,000 feet. And what, what it's going to just keep everything intact when they find you? Like, what's going to happen there? But I, but I made the comment to him, like, I said, do you really, like, have you ever had a malfunction? Like, this is things that you, you want to know before you, you go. Have you ever had a malfunction? And he got real quiet. I'm like, oh, man, you got to talk to me, bro. Like, d d somebody first service said that I look a little bit like Maverick. Do I look a little? <laughs> Speak to me, Goose. Um, so anyway, I asked him a question. I said, well, have you ever had a malfunction? He goes, well, I've only had one. And he's still here. Like, so that was good. He had to do a, some type of safety thing, and there was another safety. I'm like, oh, that's not going to happen, is it? Like, that's not going to happen with me. And he said, no, no, no. I said, well, do you, can you trust, trust the parachute? Can you trust that it's going to come out? Like, you trust, like, I'm trusting the guy that just got done smoking weed, that he folded it up right, not and put it upside down or something, right? This is what he said, and I quote. He said, you don't know till you try. Like, lie to me next time. <laughs> just tell a big, bold-faced lie. I don't care what the lie is. Just tell me it's going to come. I mean, whatever. But then I realized, trust. We all have ours. We all have our issues. We all have those things we do trust in. And one of the problems I think most of us have at times is we don't trust God. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is the one we're going to look at today in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It simply says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And it says, in all your ways, in everything that you do, and I'm going to break each one. There's four segments to this. 
and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. It's a powerful passage. Real power. I mean, there's lots of th- things in there. But the very first thing I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, is that first word, trust. Like that's what we're talking about today, trust. So it's like, like it's interesting to me because trust is a word that, that, that we don't thoroughly, I think in this side of eternity, we don't thoroughly understand. And, and, and there's any, anybody who grew up in church, like I, I didn't really grow up in church. You are, so you, you guys probably know a couple hymns and all that. Well, I was at a funeral a couple years ago and they started singing this song called um, Trust and Obey. Anybody heard that song, that, that hymn? So trust and obey, trust and obey. There's, I think there's no other way it has out. Like I didn't, I was thinking about that. So the very first aspect of trust that we got to get is trusting is obeying and obeying is trusting. And so there's this, there's this cycle that goes around that when we lean into trusting God, the only way we can do that is by showing a demonstration of obeying God. And it's the other way around. When we obey God, we're showing that we have trust. When, when, when we do the things he tells us to do, when we act the way, you know, when we, we give the way, whatever it is, that's a sign of, of trusting. And so we're in this world that, that, that we, okay, let's learn trust and obey. Now, one of the other things that's it's important about understanding trust is we trust because, well, a couple years ago, actually it's about 30 years ago, I was an insurance agent. And so I would go to houses and, and pick up insurance money. So it's called a debit. So I would go to house to house to house. And I was down in Hepsiva one time and the, my unit manager said, this go on this road, go on this road. And you know, there's some really backwoods podunk areas down just, you know, a couple miles south of here. But, it, and it got real dark real quick. And oh, anybody remember, oh, what was that? Frank Peretti? Anybody remember Frank Peretti? Anybody around church at the time, Frank Peretti? Uh, this present darkness, piercing the darkness. There were a, a series of books that they turned into. Vi- so I'm on this dark road. It's dark, dark. And I'm listening to the, the, the rapture stuff happening and this present darkness. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm already a little bit on edge. Well, the house is supposed to be there and they moved the house or I was lost. I'm going to go with I was lost. So I did something that was so out of my character. I went back to the main road, pulled in a gas station, and I did it. I asked for directions. And guess what happened? I know I'm evolving. A journey, everybody has the next step. That was mine. But here's the deal. If it wasn't for those directions, I wouldn't have gotten to where I needed to be. And sometimes we think we can go through life without directions. See, that's what God's word is. That's why we can trust him because he's given us the directions. These aren't do's and don'ts in here. These are actually parameters to keep us safe and keep us blessed. And so in our lives, when we learn to trust and obey, we have to understand we do that because we have two choices in our life. We can walk around this earth aimlessly, like literally walking around aimlessly. And maybe, just maybe, we'll get to somewhere we, we, I hope to get here. But, but the truth of the matter is, people that I've learned and I've walked with and ha- hung out with that walk around aimlessly with no direction, they end up going nowhere fast. So that's one choice. Or we can follow the direction that God's give, God, God gives us. So that's trust. Now, what can we trust him with? What should we trust him with? Is he trustworthy enough? Well, one of the first things I think that we have to learn to trust is we can trust him when things happen that we don't understand. Now, we live in a world right now, there's a lot of things happening that we don't understand, right? Can we, can we at least lean in and agree to that? I, I don't care what side of the aisle that you're on. I don't care who you voted for the last election. It really doesn't make a difference. It's happening in every one of our worlds. There's this uncertainty. There's, this, there's the, 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 the struggle. So how do we trust God? And here's something that I've learned. I've been doing the Jesus thing for 30-something years. I don't need to know all the details of how things are supposed to work. 
I have to trust God enough that he knows the details. He's going to put my one foot in front of the other. And when I'm following him, all I have to do is trust him in those things. So Proverbs 3, 5, let's break this down right now. Okay, so trust in the Lord with all your heart. We looked at trust and watch what it says. And do not lean on your own understanding. See, with our natural minds so many times, and I'm going to tell you something, our natural minds will lead us astray. Our hearts will lead us astray. Our, our, our perception of how things are happening will lead us astray. I actually posted something, I think it was in 2010 or 2011, and I reposted it this past week because it was so true. So many people make an assumption of something based on a little bit, a finite bit of information. And you can't make an assumption on anything until you have all the information. And, and if you are, one of the Proverbs we're going to look at in a couple of weeks is you're foolish. You're foolish if you make an assumption based on just a little tidbit or one side of the story. And so it's one of those things like trust in your own under, and do not lean on your own understanding. Um, there's a book, a self-help book that I was reading. It's been a while now. And it, it, the book's called When Life Throws You a Curveball, Hit It. Well, that's great if you could hit a curveball, right? So when I played baseball, I couldn't hit a curveball. I was scared to death when the, when the pitcher would throw it, it would come right towards your head and it would duck down real fast and I would bow out and it would be a strike. Well, you know what I found out? I do the same thing in life. It's not just at the plate. When life throws me a curveball, you know what happens? I bow out. There's lots of times where I step out of the way because I'm afraid that I'm going to get hit by the ball or I'm going to get hit by life. Today, I want to give everyone a license to have some honest conversations with God. Can you do me a favor real quick? Just lean into what I'm going to say in the next couple seconds because it's really, really important. Because for some strange reason in the world we live in, we've been taught, whether Sunday school teachers or preachers, that it's not okay to question God. It's not okay. It's not okay to doubt God. And I look through the Bible and I read Doubting Thomas. He didn't believe until he touched, he saw Jesus right there. There's moments in our lives where I think we need to ask questions because what will happen is our convictions, because of those questions, will turn into values. And that's what we ultimately want to have happen. Because it's conviction. I have convictions of this. But until I walk through the process of those, they don't become my life values. I almost do them like second. I don't even have to think about them anymore. So here's the license I want to give everybody. There's some questions that you've been wanting to ask God that you're struggling. I'm struggling with trusting certain things. I've got my own set, a list up here, but I'm just going to throw out a couple. Like, I think it's okay that some of us in this room or some of us watching online ask the question right now, right this very second, why did that divorce happen? Why did that happen? Like, I, I thought we were going in the right directions. I thought we were doing everything right. Why? I, I think it's okay that we ask Question, a guy came up to me after first service and he said, Pastor Bobby, I remember you sharing a story about dreams. And he says, I had a dream and the dream was to start a business. And I felt like God spoke and I took all my investment and I put it and you know what happened? The business went out of business about a year and a half because of COVID. I think it's okay to ask questions like, why did that happen? God, you, I thought you spoke to me. Like, why did that happen? I think it's okay to ask the question, why did that friendship break down? Why am I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I don't make friends real easily. And so if people are in my inner circle, they stay for a long period of time. But there's been occasion over the last couple of years, few years, that I've lost some good friends. And I got to look, I'm like, what's going on here, God? Like, what? Like, is it because you want them out of my life? You, you know, you want me out of their life? What is, what is the issue here? My, I, a real good friend of mine this past week said to me, Bobby, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a person of faith and I'm trying to do all this stuff, but my health is deteriorating quick. And literally texted me this morning after first service. He was watching from a hospital bed. And they're saying that he doesn't, they don't know he's going to make it. 
I said to him, I said, it's okay. You have permission to ask those questions. The only way trust can be built is when we ask those questions. And God, and the Bible says this, the Bible says when we, when we, when we pursue God with our whole hearts, he finds us right where we're at. Even in those hurts, even in those pains, even those frustrating times. There's a story about a man named Abraham in the Bible. And you've probably maybe, maybe, maybe you've heard the story, but um, late in life in his 90s, God gives him a promise and says that your offspring is going to be as plentiful as the stars in the sky. There's only one problem. He's beyond bearing years. His wife is beyond bearing years. There's no way, you know, physically, there's no way they can have children, which I'm thankful that God breaks through the physical and brings the spiritual in at times, right? Because there's lots of times in my life, physically, I can't see it. But spiritually, God does something supernatural. But they're sitting there, and all of a sudden, they decide to do it on their own. And so, so Abraham asked permission of Sarah, if he can have a relation with Hagar. And Hagar births a child named Ishmael. So Ishmael is not the, the promised son. And God specifically tells Abraham, you did it the wrong way. The promised son is going to be the one that comes through Sarah. And so eventually they have Isaac. But the interesting thing is, and it's the same thing, there's always a cost when we try to do things our own, when we don't trust God's plan. You know what happens? Thousands of years later, they're still at odds, Ishmael and Isaac. It's the Middle East, y'all. There's constant battling going on with those two tribes, those two lineages, because he decided not to do it God's way. And because of that, we have the frustration in the world we live in. How about us? Things may be happening in your life right this very second that you don't understand. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to understand them. God has already ordered your footsteps. If you call him king, he's already ordered your footsteps. You got to just walk through. You got to trust him. I wrote this down. I'm going to be incredibly vulnerable for a minute, if that's okay. The three years ago or so, I was thinking about getting out of ministry. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything immoral. My wife and we were great. My kids were good. But I had just gotten tired, right? Just tired. And I was wondering what God was doing. And I realized that I started doing a lot of life on my own. Like I wasn't in, engaging God in every conversation that needed to happen. I wasn't asking Christ the direction of my life. I was just doing it because I was good at just doing it, to be honest with you. And I remember one day in my journal, I wrote this down. And I've shared it a couple other times, but I, I wanted to share the why. But this is what I wrote down. You never know, and I wrote this, Bobby, you never know that God is all you need until you reach the point where God is all you have. And what I've realized in my life is that's the only thing I could really stand on. Because every time I've tried to do stuff on my own, I've messed it up. Every time I've tried to fix the family, every time I try to fix the church, every time I try to fix, I've screwed it up. And there comes times in all of our lives. There was two passive scripture that God gave me at that moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share them with you. Lamentations chapter three, verse 22. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Amen to that? Like he's amazing. Jeremiah 31, three, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. I'm gonna tell you, grab a, get life, get a couple life passages and read them to yourself every day. Allow them, I love what Justin says all the time when he's singing. He said, it's the living, breathing word. These are not words on a screen that we sing on Sunday mornings. These songs today 
were, were, I'm telling you, they were God breathed into us as truths to get us through phases of our lives. So here's some good news. I'm gonna give you some good news right now, okay? I believe God is still involved in our lives, even in our weakest moments, amen? As a matter of fact, it says, in our weakness, he's made strong. In our weakness, when we're at our lowest, he's made strong. He also is there still. Let me give you another truth. He, he comforts us and reminds us of his never-ending love. I, I love this one. Wherever we have failed him, he is quick to forgive. Amen? He remains near. Psalms 57.1. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge. Till the storms of destruction pass away. Let, let, me, let me give you two quick scenarios, and we're going to move on to the next point. I think in your life, I think in my life, God has promised to bless you. And maybe you don't understand right now what that looks like, but I want you to know, I want you to know, trust God and he's gonna bless you. I don't know what it looked like. You may feel like you have, like God had made these promises, he's gonna use you and you've messed it up and spiraled out of control. Anybody else besides me done that? God's still gonna use you. You just gotta trust him. Allow him to do. So I have a friend of mine that comes to church. I asked him this a couple weeks ago. He, he's a pilot. And I'm always infatuated with, with people like, like pilots. And so he does those big jets, right? And I said, uh, hey, do y'all have headlights on those things? He said, what? I said, headlights. He said, I said, how do you fly at night? Like, like, like I, I get when you're landing and all that kind of stuff, there's lights. But they're like, how do you know? How do you see? You, how do you like? And he goes, like, I'd love to tell you that it's just like intuition. Like I don't, but my intuition would take me over the ocean and we'd never see land again. You know what they have? On the dashboard, a series of gauges that they pay attention to more than anything else. They literally fly it by looking at a gauge. That's our lives. When we're looking at the directions God's given us, when we look and trust in him, even in the navigation of night, the darkest night, the darkest of the darkest night, he gets us where we need to go. Somebody say amen to that. All right, here's the second thing. I think we can trust him. I'm not, I think, I, we can trust him. God, in all of our decisions, not just the tough ones. Why is it that we only go to God with tough ones? Like, why is it like, like marriage or career or this, this dilemma? I, I believe God wants to be involved with all of our issues, all of our, every, every decision we make. As a matter of fact, if you read the, that passage again, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Not just a tough decision, not just a career move or what school. I mean, he wants to do everything. In all your ways means this. In your marriage, Bible study, devotion, the direction you're going, your career move, who you're going to date, what college you're going to go to, like, like what classes are you going to take. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, make sure that he's involved in that conversation. So your family life, your career, your personal life, your finances, everything, what you're going to do for him in ministry, how much you're going to tithe, all that. Involve God in all those decisions. See, I think what happens is when God, see, and it needs to be input in every major decision because when we do that, you know what happens? It was we make the best move, not just good moves. Like we, we have, God has what best. So in all your decisions, acknowledge him. I wrote a couple things down that I think we would do good as a community just to kind of ask these questions. And, and, and one of them was this. How much time will we spend at our workplace? How, how much is healthy? What's not healthy? 
right? How much, how much time? One of the things that COVID did is we spent too much time at home, right? And so how much time is healthy? Just, you know, how much time is healthy? How, how, much, how much time doing recreation is healthy? When, when's too much? These are, these are decisions, like, personally, that I'm walking through in my own life. Uh, how, much do, how much do I put aside for retirement? What's healthy? How much, how much do I give the church? How, how, how much, how, you know, and, and the list, whatever your list looks like. How about this? Maybe God would even like us to ask him at times, what movies would you like us to watch? What, what books would you like me to read? What music should I be listening to? What should I allow to permeate this thing, this, this temple that God, you've given me? And God wants to be in all our ways, in everything we do, acknowledge him. And, and, and I think in making those decisions, we're learning to trust God. Let me give you the third thing. We're going to wrap it up right here. We need to trust God in the uncertainties of life, right? There's a lot of uncertainties right now. There's a lot of things going on. And that's what I love this last part. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. How many people, don't raise your hand, how many people feel like right now their life is doing this? I have a good friend of mine, struggles with addiction. He literally told me this this past week. He said, I go from this over here to this over here. From this section here, I'm not drinking at all, to this one over here, back and forth. And he says, sometimes I feel like my path is rocks and it's ditches and it's big channels and it's places where my tire spins out and all that. And it made me think because when I was in Washington State a couple months ago, we were riding on this um, dirt road, what they call them a switchback. We were riding back and there was an avalanche just the week before we got there and it was all these big rocks. And, and, and one of the things he was saying, that every time we got to a big rock, I said, just ride over. You're, you, know, you got a big man's truck, just ride over. You know how many sets of tires I go through? And he goes, every time I run over a rock, it seems like it, it digs into my tire and I have to get a new tire. And that's a couple hundred dollars every time I do that. And it made me think about this. You know how many sets of tires this life has gone through? Do you, do you know how many times because of the road and the obstacles and the rocks and the glass and the ditches, you know how many times we've had blowouts? Maybe trusting God is just going, okay, God, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to get on this path because you're leading me. And I expect you, your word is a promise. And I expect you to lead me down a straight path. One of the things this verse is not saying is that God will give you an easy life. Who didn't read the fine print with me? Yeah. But you know what it does say? You'll have a rewarding life. You'll have purpose in life. When you do what he says to do, you do the hard and holy things, he's going to make your path straight. Let me, let me give you that. I'm going to close with this because I, I just feel like some of us need to eat. just a reality check. I don't care who's in the White House. Some of you are mad at me right now. I can see it in your eyes. You're like, whoa, we did come here. I don't care who's in the White House. I mean, I do care. I want them to make good decisions and I want our country to, and I want to be safe and all that kind of stuff. But that's not going to change my tomorrow. Did you did y'all hear that, or, or do I need to say it a little louder? The person that's in the White House does not change my tomorrow. Okay, gas going up to ten dollars. I don't want it to go to ten dollars, but it doesn't change my tomorrow. My certainties are not found in uncertainties. 
My certainties are found in, in God who paved the way and demonstrated through his love for us how we can have a prosperous life. John 10.10 10 still holds true today. I came to give you life and I gave you life to the fullest. What's happened though is we've put all our, our hope in uncertainties, things we can't trust in. So then when it breaks down, we get all frustrated. Do you know if there's a Democrat or a Republican in, 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 the, in, in the office, Next Sunday morning, I'm still preaching about Jesus. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat in, 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 as our governor. Next week, we're going to sing worship songs to the King of Kings in this place, regardless of who's there. We have to stop putting our hope in uncertainties and put them in the one true thing. He's able to be trusted. You know why? Because of thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of testimonies. We can read about them in the Bible, about how God, I said it a couple weeks ago, he'll do it again. Just like he saved and salvaged Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he'll do it again. Just like he parted a sea, he'll do it again. Just like he built a boat of salvation, he'll do it again. Just like he gave a rainbow after that, he'll do it again if we allow him to when we put our trust in the person we can trust. When you came in, you received communion elements. I want you to pull those out real quick. I want you to pull that little tab off the top so we're not doing it in the middle of prayer. But today, usually I would say, you know, Jesus got with his disciples and broke bread and says, do this in remembrance. We remember the sin that he forgave us, which is still unfathomable. I still don't understand all that. And, you know, that by his stripes we're made whole. But today I want to do something different. There's a key word in that passage. It says remember. And I want us to sit just for a second and remember the things that over the years you've trusted God with. Or the enemies try to destroy families. Remember that he's still in charge. Remember, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Re remember maybe the healing that he brought, maybe the comfort, maybe the peace. I, I love that song we were singing. And, you know, the world's, all the stuff, came, and it didn't destroy me. It didn't destroy me. It didn't destroy you. God has been faithful. He's worthy of being trusted. And all he expects us to do is say, I'll give you a chance, God. Let's bow our heads for a second. God, we have these, these elements. The wafer that reminds us, the wafer that reminds us of your body, the broken body, the beaten body, the bruised body, the body that purchased sin, the body that did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And God, the blood that was shed, that innocent blood the, from the lamb, the Bible says, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, demonstrating what happened in the Passover years and years and years before that. And we want to remember those things. Those things are super important, but God, today, for some of us, we just need to be reminded that you're trustworthy. That you're worthy of putting our trust in. 
when all the things in this world, the uncertainties of this world, the, the problems, the, 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 the issues going on with country against country and even our own, own internal battle that we have here in the United States, God, we can put all our trust in or we can put our trust in you, God. I'm still reminded, even right this very second, God, of Second Chronicles. And it doesn't say if the people in the world, it's as if my people, these people in this room, people that are all across this world right now doing this thing called church, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, you'll heal our land. God, do we trust you enough that you're going to do that? God, right now, we want to be reminded, we need to be reminded of who you are and what you've done for us. So today is just a symbol of recognizing who you are. We're gonna take these elements, God, and be reminded of the big God that we serve. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can take the elements. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or wanna talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.